0: Hey, hello, and welcome to a new game review from the uh, ITP Dungeoneers. Our goal as Dungeoneers is to make sure you have a good time while learning about a new role-playing game, both from the player perspective and the game masters. My name is Ray, a.k.a. the Metric Ton, and uh, here I am joined by a member of our Dungeoneer crew. Go ahead, sir.
1: Hi, my name is Blake. I was the GM for this game.
0: That's awesome. All right, Uh, for this game, this this week's game that we're talking about. Uh, so we're going to talk about Ascendant. Okay. Uh, I have a little bit of a breakdown on this. Um, Ascendant is a superhero game published by Autark LLC. Um, and their theme is a modern story uh, told through a nostalgic lens. That's kind of the theme of the game. Uh, the, all the game mechanics have this, have this uh, uh, nostalgia tint over it. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, the game is a refinement of earlier generations of games with multiple ways to resolve any type of superheroing because it is ultimately a superhero game and Ascendant's main selling point is resolving superhero shenanigans with real world physics. Am I right, Mike?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, they, they tried to accomplish, uh, having story told over powers and that powers not try to overpower the story. I think that's what they really had.
0: All right, so there's there's not a lot of material out there for it. You can get the main book on drivethroughrpg.com, um, and you can print on demand the core book there or get it uh, just as a PDF. Um, there is also a set of GM screen inserts for those those nifty blank GM screens where you just kind of uh, uh, slide the, the inserts into and uh, a completely obscured and hidden character sheet, which may or may not be official, somewhere on the web. I swear, this, there was no character sheet that came with the book and no, no uh, indication of where to get one anywhere in the published materials. Our team had to scrounge the web to find it. <laughs> um, and by the time they found it, I had already made my own, so it didn't matter. Um, the requirements to play the game uh it's it's a d100 game it is percentage based um so you will be you'll be using those predominantly does it use any other dice mike
1: uh no it's just those two dice that's all you need
0: yeah i I thought so um and the requirements i'm going to tell you right now the screen is a requirement but so is apparently a calculus degree And we're going to get into that. (laughs) now, Mike, what what do you want to, you're the GM, you GM this for me. Uh, Great game, by the way, had a lot of fun with it. Um, Don't get me wrong. Anytime I'm at a table, we're rolling some dice and with some pals, it's always a good time. Tell me what you thought about this.
1: Uh, My overall experience was it, it was, it was a fun game. Yeah. I would agree with you hundred percent on that. Um, But again, if you're, you'd have to be an experienced role player to really get to really dive into this. It's not for a beginner and stuff like that. That that was a really big problem from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually the only game I've GM'd outside of Dungeons and Dragons. I've only GM'd Dungeons and Dragons, but I think I did a really good job on trying to push through and get these rules down and understand what, what what's going on.
0: Wow. You did a fantastic job, bro. I didn't even know that. Like I, I run everything. I always, I never get to play any games as a matter of fact. So this was a treat for me. I didn't realize that you've only ever, uh, uh, DM'd D and I, I couldn't tell, just going to tell you right now. Couldn't tell. So it was a fantastic time. Uh, good adventure that you put us on. Um, yeah. So what what else do you want to talk about this game?
1: Uh. The characters, I mean, it took forever and a day to make a character. And like if I, for GM, it makes it worse because if you decide to put a stable of villains together, you have to make each and every one of them.
0: Okay, I'm going to say this, right? Because this is, when I say you need a calculus degree, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I needed an Excel spreadsheet that I had to program to calculate well it's a point system okay where you spend a certain amount of points based on whatever power level your gm wants we were what were we 750 something like that Yeah,
1: something
0: like that We we were like 750 uh points to spend and i spent every single one and i had previous knowledge of how to do this from other superhero games which are point but most of them a lot of them of the older ones are point by systems uh champions uh dc uh universe those are point by systems and and this this borrowed heavily from both the dc uh heroes and marvel games in, in a sense they borrowed different elements and it borrowed the character creation specifically from dc which is very flexible it's very manip you know you can manipulate character you can make them kind of do whatever the hell you want which is great the problem is is uh you need excel and when i first played dc i excel wasn't created then (laughs) i had to do everything with a calculator and a piece of scrap like two pieces of scrap paper like just to add everything up and god help me if i wanted to change something after i had made a decision yeah this this uh it, it is a chore to make a character but all of your work is put out there and there's not a lot of work after that. Like, it's it's upfront all the work, okay? Because even if you gain, like, more points to spend, you're just adding onto your existing creation. I will say that. So it's a lot of brain power up front, and you can't go into it blind. There's no random tables here that's going to tell you, hey, I want to be a Batman or a Superman or, a, you know, a, a, a mutant or this or that. You actually got to come, uh, come come prepared, you know what I mean, and with a concept for it. So, um, just character creation requires math, a lot of it. If you don't like math, I don't know what to tell you. But this is not a beginner game, just like Mike said.
1: Yeah. Also, I want to put in that the cover actually says it's a yeah, it's a it's a game with infinite possibilities. Uh, yes, your your imagination is only the limits of the superheroes you can actually make with this. Uh, and yeah, you basically have to come up with like a predetermined list of like, okay, this is what my superhero wants to be and this is the powers I want to have. But also, if you don't want to make a superhero or some superpowered person, you can also make an everyday person that has a bunch of powers and can also do the same thing
0: know why you do that because something's going to flick at you and you're going to be unconscious but yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) well the villain the villain you guys actually faced was just like that he was just a trained guy that just had all that stuff and he wasn't really a he wasn't super the only thing he really had was super intelligence which was part of an everyday guy so i just actually built just this everyday guy that was just that's who he was
0: Sadly, I made a dude that was dumb as a brick and I had to actually role play being dumb as a brick and not picking up on clues. So which was it was so hard for me. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, it, it was it was very cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed what you what you did. Um, How did you uh how did you like the layout of the book? Was the layout OK for you?
1: The layout was good. Um, I would say it was, I mean, it had like, it was It was it set up like most role-playing books where the first part of it is learn how to make your character and all the stuff that actually gets added in. And then the second half of the book is actually set up where you get to learn the rules and everything else. A um, problem starts stemming is when you start learning the actual rules. Um <laughs> Uh, when they put in the physics, the physics equation for how far a bullet can penetrate armor, then you got things you're having and to see the issues of the game.
0: Killed me. You, you started talking about equations and I was like, I don't want to play this no more. Like I, I didn't wake up that morning to figure out how far in a bullet would penetrate, let's say uh, a, a bank vault door or something like that, which I know that they have these. Equations in there for. Um, For realism, which is weird in a superhero game, um, I found that, uh, uh, to to go back, the layout for the books, uh, the the, the book is pretty okay. Uh, Why was there no real
1: index, right? Yeah, the index was terrible. Uh, Also, I found that a problem was was that the that the that the charts that they actually had in there? You would have to read the whole you have to read the whole book because something will refer to a chart that you probably haven't seen yet if you're just trying to whip it whip a character together real quick.
0: Yeah, that was a con for me. There were charts for everything, and I don't mean like pretty graph charts or pie charts. I mean stuff where if you put this many points into it, this is six millimeters in length or whatever the hell it is, but super specific charts. And I'm like, please don't do this to me. I just, I just want a superhero today. You know, (laughs) that was, that was definitely a con for me. The, uh, uh, because if they labeled all of the charts, one, which they didn't, they were just charts with no labels on them, by the way, guys. Um, and if, or if they put them maybe all labeled in the back of the book as well, I mean, the book was already like 5,000 pages long. It was just a huge book, okay? Why couldn't you just add 12 more pages at the end with all of your index charts or even just put those charts like where they are in the index? It's super important to be able to get to these things real fast. And most of the time, you know, uh, uh, Mike allowed us to have laptops so we could take notes. Most of the time, GMs don't want electronics at their gaming table. So – it's not going to work for you to like, I'm going to hit control F and just search the whole damn book for whatever it is I'm looking for, you know? So I uh, lay out, they could use a second edition on uh, take out some of the fluff pages, add in a couple of pages of index. I feel anyway.
1: Oh yeah. And uh, the artwork was really good. I mean, it, it came off, it looked really professionally uh, done. Uh, yep. But yeah, again, it was too big of a book. Um, the rules, if you had to find a very specific rule, you could sit there for a couple of minutes, just thumb it through pages. Oh yeah, I think it's around here somewhere. But it, just looking for specific rules is another big problem. And not having that index set up properly probably would have actually helped if it was set up.
0: I'm going to tell you this right now. Autark LLC, if you listen to this, I'm going to actually throw this out there to help you out. You can make money If you throw 25 to 30 pages together of perfectly laid out and labeled charts as a supplement book for like 10 bucks, because people will just buy that too. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you don't want to like edit like a uh, uh, Ascendant because the book is that big or whatever, and it's a huge thing, I would go back through it yourself, pull every chart you possibly can, label them exactly what they're for, maybe with the page reference of where it is in the main book, and make a small book of those. You can easily have 30 pages of that, and people will buy that PDF because I would. As a player, I would. Because uh, uh, Mike was GMing and I bought the GM inserts thinking that uh, uh, they would help out because I saw a whole lot of charts and they didn't even cover everything like they didn't cover like not even a quarter of what's in that book. So, you know, I don't know.
1: But those screen inserts were just basically all all the charts that were in the game. Uh, some of them were missing, I know that, but basically it was almost all the important charts. As I was GMing, I had to look between two or three of them, and just to figure out just to just to keep uh, the running of all the game and keeping it smooth and keeping it uh, so it didn't go crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, I do agree with you on the art, though. Um, I enjoyed the artwork that was in there. Kudos to the artist. I don't know uh, if, if that's a, a crew of friends or if they commissioned that art from someone that he really likes, but it matched the rule book really well. and matched what was going on. I liked that. Uh,
1: but overall, I mean, I think they just kind of like stuffed as much as they possibly could into this game. Um, I think some of it can be removed to kind of slim it down and speed up, the, and speed up play and stuff like that. Um, but overall it it is what it is. I think it's their first product they've put out um, and it came through Kickstarter and it seemed like they were just trying to appease everybody they possibly could in this one book.
0: I I will say that the, the, the rules match the theme, so to speak. If you, if you've played superhero games before, because this is a mix of, of, like I said, DC heroes and the old Marvel RPG from TSR. That's right. The people that created D&D also made a Marvel RPG way back in the day, um, even had the the stoplight levels of, of, you know, uh, white, green, yellow and red, depending on severity of how well you succeeded, you know, percentage roll. Everything was very I, I felt I was tripping balls. I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was 12 again playing the game. So the rules do match the theme of that for me um and it allowed for v- cool superheroing to be done i flew straight up into the into almost near into space and threw a bomb out to space i was happy with that that's superheroing right there for me
1: and for my side when i was GMing, mean i had the supervillain do really neat supervillain thing where i've actually captured i brought in all the all the superheroes and I basically detonated a bomb right in front of them and basically let them survive out and that showed who was really the boss of the situation. Yeah.
0: So I, I I don't know. It was, it was a fun time. Um, Do you feel that this would be able to sustain a long-term campaign?
1: Uh, From me personally, as a GM, what I saw is if I wanted to fill out a whole long-term campaign, uh, it would be like me running a comic books uh, comic book, actually, and having to put out a big, giant storyboard and just figure out where I'm starting to piece things together. And then I'd have to figure out, since the, the game sits there and breaks down so that you have an issue is your session, uh, if you, when you throw three or four sessions together, then you have your story arc, and then mm-hmm. your long-term thing is the series of what you're trying to tell. So basically, as I saw it, I had to sit there and figure out where things would fall into the, into story arcs and stuff like that, so that the overall series would sit there and actually be this full thing.
0: Which is always been um, I'm gonna put this. That's always been the case with superhero games because I, you know, I, I ran uh, Mutants and Masterminds, which is a superhero game for like five years, almost six years, and. Uh, after the first year i realized that i had to storyboard things out i had to make things dynamic and once i did that it drew people in so i can i can attest you're on the right path if for a long-term campaign for that um, i didn't see that there was an like there were there were springboards in the existing lore there to get you launched in the right mm-hmm. direction but everything else was up to you after that um it, did I get that right? Because let's be honest, it is what was it, 500 page book? I didn't read everything. Yeah, I didn't read everything, guys. <laughs> so, what do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I barely, probably barely scratched the surface before what I, what we pros, possibly could have done. Um, yeah, you do need the time to actually sit down and and figure out what you're gonna actually do and stuff like that. I mean, my sessions, I had a, I basically had a word document that I had paragraphs and blocks of all the, all the scenes that I wanted to sit there and accomplish for that session.
0: Well, it looks like it can sustain something long term if you're, if you like superhero games and you like a certain type of superhero game.
1: Uh, I think uh, if if you're if you're a GM and you don't do much prep or anything, this is not a game for you at all. Uh, there is a lot of there's some times where you're going to probably take about three or four days to prep out one session. I would say. Oof,
0: that's a that's a heavy toll. That is a heavy uh, yeah, toll.
1: because the simple fact is, okay, I want to put this. I want to put this bomb right in this area. Then you have to sit there and figure out all the dynamics of this bomb and stuff like that. Um, and the book actually tells you how how it's set up and what to do and everything. And you have like this big block of information on what the bomb is and everything else. Mm. Um, and then there's rules on how to sit there and how they find it and how it gets disarmed and everything else. Uh, same with same with everything else. It's basically you have to sit there and find it in the book. Put it on your put it wherever you're doing your prep work at, and you have to do that. It's one of the problem. It's one of the things that you have to do.
0: Can't just make up numbers.
1: If you like doing that as a GM, if you like doing that as a GM, then yeah, you got your you're in heaven right there.
0: Gotcha. So you can't just make up numbers on the fly and go, huh? Oh boy. So this is not a game for me to uh, do because I sometimes get no prep work between sessions. <laughs> We all created a bunch of characters, and I know you created the villain and, and some of the bad guys as well. Uh, yeah. Did you feel that the system would allow you to do anything that you wanted to with the characters?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, my imagination. I was like, okay, I wanted to do this, this, and this, and uh, but I wanted to run these couple of villains, and I know I kind of sit there and basically I mapped them out, and then I went through the book and I actually saw okay, I had to piece, uh, I had to piece them together, but again. PC, one character, GM. I had a group of, I had a, I had a little small stable of, of villains. I had to sit there and piece together. Yeah. Um, one of the things is like you could control people's minds and, and replace their memories and stuff like that. I thought it would be a real quick, instantaneous thing. No, it takes a bunch, it takes in game like weeks to do because you're sitting there brainwashing them. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Um, for us, I know that the players each created two characters from what I saw, like the other players kind of switched in and out, like just to test out the different characters I made two. I made like a super spy with some gadgets. So it was a little mix of Moon Knight and Batman type of thing. Um, and then the other one that I actually ended up playing the entire time was a Booster Gold ripoff, just because Booster Gold has a really basic superhero set. And sometimes you kind of want to see those basic those basic powers, you know, flight force field energy blast, right? With a little bit of super strength, a little bit of super toughness. Um, you you want to see how they reflect in a normal game. Um, and I, th- I think that it went off really well because I felt both uh, uh, what those powers did and how I could expand them. You know what I mean? Like a, we, I did a lot of power stunting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so to speak, which is taking the basic of a power, spending some points and making it do something kind of the same thing <laughs> you know using different physics for it that type of, uh, that type I, of
1: stuff i also think that it, it's you have to call if as a player if you call if you come in to play this game you have to come with a list like five or six heroes and you're gonna have to have a session zero to run this game uh because all the players okay i want to be this now i want to be this and uh, actually fill out so that your team is actually well around it and everything else you have to sit there and figure out who's going to be who and what's going to deal with who. So you don't have five of the same exact hero running, running around.
0: Yeah. That's usually why I do session zeros for every game. Uh, I got into one game for a fantasy game where everybody wanted to be warriors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, Fuck. you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause I had this whole thing like splayed out with like met ma- you know, like uh, a magical riddle and the whole bit. And I'm like, Oh my God. Now I got to change it. So I ended up changing it to like, uh, uh, you know, uh, a fighter's arena and intrigue around that. It, instead, you should have a session zero all the time, by the way, for any game that you're about to do, anything from, from D&D to anything else, have a session zero, talk it through, get the themes out, you know, get get what you want out of the game. If people don't agree, they don't have to play. And if people do agree, they then know kind of what the table's looking for.
1: Yeah, well... Like for my D&D games to to put a very organic party together, I actually do not do a session zero. I just show up with a character ready to play, and we're just going to run. And that way you do get a very organic party. But for games like this and for games that we're going to be playing in the future, that's not a very good idea to do.
0: Yeah, we always need one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. Let's, let's move a little bit further along because the characters, I agree with you, and I think everybody else did, that the character creation system was fluid. You could do anything with it. Um, let's talk about the mechanics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, everything in this game is comparing my stat versus your stat and then rolling percentage dice and seeing where it lands on a chart. Okay. Those are the basic rules, guys. There's nothing more to it than that. Right. Um, apparently that's not the case because there's a whole lot of modifiers and crap that happen behind the scenes or it's about actually calculating what your total number is, is really what the big one is. Mike, can you, can you give me a little bit more on that? Like the mechanics, how did you, how did you, you feel about it?
1: Okay. yeah, The mechanics were actually set. That's how it sets up. Um, it is very simple. i just figuring out it's, okay my number versus this number but then then somebody's number could be modified by a power or a skill or something like that uh, or hindered
0: type of attack yeah something yeah. like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah attacking is basic is very basic and simple but skilling uh, but doing a formula like a test or a skill or something like that that's where it kind of like veers off from that from that system um like I could sit there and I okay to find this trap is going to be okay. He hit it very well. It's going to be it's going to be number X. Uh, I don't have that very well, so it could actually really screw things up. And it just it's it's the problem. Um, and also, okay, he did this to the thing, so it actually modifies the number and makes it worse. And and the player is now at a very high disadvantage because of certain situations or it can go the other way where the player has all the extra stuff and the and the other side just didn't have what it took to actually do what they wanted to accomplish.
0: So it can landslide in one direction or another is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. We saw it. We saw it when we played a couple times where like the number value that you had on the chart was like off the chart completely. But again, it seems like it would uh, that, as long as people know the numbers and the gm knows the number, everybody's numbers he can balance it out pretty quick yeah uh, as he sits there doing his prep work and everything else
0: i'm still not a huge fan of mandatory charts but i'll allow it this time
1: <laughs> <laughs> the charts were actually done very well it's just okay one is one and now two is is two and then then the next, then the next number becomes four. They actually just doubled everything, which actually made a lot sim- made made looking at those charts a lot simpler because it's like, and if it falls halfway between, you just round it down to the next number, and then there you go.
0: I, I know that determining certain things like weights, uh, distances, whatever, that was easy. It's just um, the, the there's a certain core concept in this that they took wholesale, by the way, from DC heroes which was these attribute points, right? And that's the scaled chart. Um, You can have zero and something, and that's like four feet, four feet of distance, right? Or if you go to one AP, now it's eight feet. And then two APs is 16. So every every point uh, increases exponentially by double, Mm -hmm. um, which makes it scalable. You can have a Robin and you can have a Superman on the same field, okay? The numbers the numbers will eventually uh, uh, I don't want to say stop because they don't technically since things are infinite um, but they're manageable and you can, you can see that on one chart then, you know, like, in, you know, to be able to see that, like, I don't know, a Robin can lift 150 pounds while Superman can lift 150,000 tons. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a big difference there, but they're still on the same chart then.
1: Yeah, um,
0: And I, that I liked.
1: I think the, I think one of the, most things I found in the mechanics was doing those power stunts, and sit there and, and re, reuse a, a skill or a power so that you wanted to do something else. That was probably the most fa- – on, on personally, my favorite part of the uh, rules and stuff like that was that you can manipulate your stuff to actually do stuff like you see in comic books and stuff like that.
0: Yep. I try to do that a lot personally. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, I had basic powers, so I wanted to see how far I could, how far I could stretch them outside my box here. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was very cool. There's a lot of cool flourishes in the game, um, and I think the power stunting thing was my favorite as well.
1: Yeah, uh, there were some that I didn't like, where it was, oh, I had to read this just to sit there and figure it out like traps and stuff like that, which you don't think about too much, but they're part of the thing or security systems. If you don't sit there and properly disarm a security system, it just goes off. That's the, I pro- that was a, I mean, if there's no warning, no, nothing. it just went off. Um, and actually I kind of used that to an advantage when we played because I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I could just sit there and screw them over. And I just, and that's what uh, I played like a villain. I, that's what I did. Cause a villain wouldn't care. Um, and if if they were trying to get to somewhere where he was he was trying to hide something he probably would have done it anyways. So I used it, and that's what happened.
0: So it was some cool stuff that that like the the actual the story that you ran was fantastic, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would wonder how that plays out. The same story in a different superhero game, um, but that's not something for this episode. <laughs> 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 that 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 thought process uh uh, goes outside of this um i i i enjoyed this after we started playing um i did enjoy the character creation because it brought me back to my childhood Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm not i'm not gonna lie like it brought me back to when i was 12 with dc heroes first edition um and then 16 for third, you know second edition. <laughs> like it, it, it's the same system so I I really enjoyed it. I know not a lot of other people might have. Um and if you like superhero stuff, do do you do you recommend this yes or no and for who?
1: I would recommend it like yeah, like I said for season uh, role players uh, role players. Um if you want a deep dive into some like heavy rules and stuff like that, this would probably be the game for you. But if you're just starting out with with role-playing games, then I would probably tell you this is not a very good game to try out at first. Uh, with the rules on how they're set up and how the books set up and stuff like that, it's not a very it's 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 going to take you a while to figure out what it does and how it's being played.
0: Yeah, I I'm going to agree. Uh, this is not for a beginner or intermediate. This is this is definitely for veteran players. If you've played. I don't know. At least a dozen different game systems under your belt. I would give this one a shot. Um, until then, don't don't do it because this is going to hurt your brain. And then you're going to call us, and then you're going to you're going to write us, and then you're going to say why did you even suggest this? And then I'm going to ask you how many games have you run before, or played before, and you're going to tell me four, and then I'm going to call you a loser. So <laughs> no, no, no. It it's just this is a very steep learning curve um it is crunchy as hell even though there's only two dice in one roll and you're only comparing two numbers it's crunchy how you get there so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of data there's a lot of facts that you got to take into consideration so this would definitely be a veteran um it's also uh one of the only games that i've seen that is uh mandatory mandatory. You either buy the screen and just print that out or, you know, you go to, you, you copy every chart that's in the game and keep it in a folder next to you. It's so chart heavy. You need those charts so bad. You could have the, the actual book digitally, which helps because then you can just control F and search the PDF, which is fully searchable. And by the way, the table of contents is there. It, it worked out really well because we were able to find a lot of stuff that way very quickly. Um, but due to, due to lack of index and due to lack of references where the tables would be, I would definitely just print up every damn chart, put it in a folder and keep it out on the table. doesn't even have to be near the GM, just on the table.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we had two screens. I had as a GM, I had one and the players had another. Yep. I basically used I had to use like two or three of those pages that actually sit there and. Okay, it's this. It's on this chart, and then I had to move over to another chart and then move over to this other chart just to sit there and keep uh, keep the game running and figure it out. Okay, I want to do this. And it's like, okay, I had to figure out, okay, how much this weighs. And then I had to figure out this number, and then we sure. rolled and then figured out what happened.
0: I, it, I will say this, by the way. Um, another Another con was obviously I had a big problem with the fact that the game didn't even have a base character sheet for you to print out and just put your numbers into. But apparently somebody, I don't know who found it, said that somewhere in their forums or their Discord or something, there is an official, non-official character sheet, and it's an Excel sheet. So it's literally demanding that you honestly use use your computer uh, to make your character, which I think is uh, poops. So <laughs> I think maybe a character creation worksheet or something like that, like they used to have old school would have helped uh, in there as well because the truth is, is some people just, some people just want to go play somewhere, like in a cafe or whatever else, with a couple of their friends, and aren't gonna, nobody's gonna be lugging around, you know, notebooks and tablets and stuff like that to play a game. Yep. That's not what this hobby's about. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it is. the The, the hobby's about like you know, seeing people face to face, getting out of your screens a little bit. I mean, I I know that's a little uh, hypocritical because, you know, we play online sometimes, but we're talking, you know what I mean? We're not like sitting there looking at these books. Um, I don't know. So I I found that it had mandatory parts that you needed besides the core book uh, and unnecessary stuff as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, I saw that the system is actually set up so that, if you want to, you, it actually feels like it's written for a comic book. You get that comic book feel as you're sitting there playing it. So it's not just, oh, I'm playing a role playing game. That's about superheroes. It, feel, it feels like you're playing in a comic book.
0: Yeah, I will attest that it does that. All right. Because um, I, I felt pretty super heroic. Uh, I thought my character as dumb as a brick that he was, was uh, uh, very comedic and was able to use all the resources that I had available to me to try to stop crime, which was awesome. All right, sir. Any final thoughts for you?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, experienced players more than welcome to play this game. Beginners, not too much. Um, if you, if you, uh, reading that book seems like you're reading a technical manual and the size of the book. I mean, just, I'm looking at it right now. And it's just this huge thing that just takes up a part of my library. <laughs> <laughs> and now looking at I mean, cause I actually put it out the physical book. So I, and I, when I showed it to everybody, everybody's like, holy crap. <laughs>
0: that's, that's pretty much the Titanic of gaming right there. Once a book, a core rule book goes past 250 pages for me. I'm like, make a DM book as well, right? This was no. This decided to go full hog, uh, uh, dropping big dick book on the table. You know, you could hurt someone with this book. This book is heavy. Yep. <laughs> you could literally kill someone with this book. So, you know, I mean, don't piss off your GM. He might kill you.
1: Just think about the hardcover book from the Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> All right. Um I, I guess we're good here. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna thank everybody out there for joining the Dungeoneers at Invite to Party. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode review. Um, if you did or didn't, please give us a rating as it helps us getting the word out there of who we are. Tell your friends. Tell your family. As Jeremy says, tell your grandma. She'll probably like it. Uh, tell everyone. Share this on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want this episode. Um, Hey, thanks for joining the party. Deuces.
1: See you later.